Good evening, world. Uh, this is episode nine of the Commissioner Corner podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. I am one of the co-hosts today. Uh, I am joined by my other co-host, Mr. BG, and Coach Samara. Uh, you can follow Coach Sam at uh, Coach Sam underscore DSU, and uh, you can also follow Kenny Pondexter on Twitter and Instagram. BG, let them know your your handle, and then we're gonna get this going. What's up, y'all? your boy BG, Mr. Elias Express. Happy to be here again. Commissioner's Corner 2021. We here with the legend, Cavi Point Dexter. I'm yes, not in yes. all right now, man. I, I don't even know how to feel <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? But, uh, yes. so, man, y'all, y'all can follow me at on Instagram at BG, Mr. Elias Express. Um, you know, all my all my social media tags is there. So I'm just excited to get to this uh to this interview, man. Uh, to yes. get get these jewels from from a legend, man. Absolutely. So um, I reached out to my sis, Cappy, uh, on DM. I'm not going to lie. I reached out to her because I wanted to see how she's doing. I haven't seen her in a minute. Uh, she is, like, she don't know this, but she's basketball royal to me, royalty to me. Um, the way she played the game, the way she approached the game, the way she, her professionalism, just, just who she was, her aura, her, everything just really was, um, was humbling, but also I really appreciate it. So I had to get her on. So I'm glad that she's here. So everybody, world, welcome, Mrs. Kelly Pondexter, to the Commissioner Corner podcast. Yeah. Happy to have you. All right, Thank God you. bless you. Yes, yes. Um, so Cappy, how you been? Update us on on what's been going on, and uh, just let the world know um, that you here with us tonight. I've been very good, actually. Um, I've been working on a lot of cool things that I'm very proud of. Um, that I can't wait to kind of get into the world one day. Um, nice. just enjoying retirement really. Um, it's been like three years, I think. And, um, I moved out, um, on the West coast and I've been oh. here, um, since then. And yeah, it's, it's been really amazing. Um, I'm glad I, I don't have to work out anymore. I don't really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how is you how is that how is that workout and grind for you? I mean, I mean, let the world know like what you gotta put your body and what you gotta get ready yeah. for for the season. Like if people unappreciate that that line of work. I mean, can you share with us your regiments and what you did to approach the game? I mean, a lot of the people that that followed me in my career, you know, they still want me to get back to the game at 38. Yeah. I'm like, guys, do you understand how mentally tough that is to yeah. even perform at that level? Um, mentally. Um, first and yeah, it's just it's a high altitude, and I know that I I mentally wasn't there anymore, and um, yeah, I was ready to walk away from the game, and right. um, I don't know, I just think like it was perfect timing for me. So, <laughs> do you catch yourself? Do you catch yourself sometimes missing the game though? Like just as far as the the theatrics, the you know the the height, the because I mean like when you play. You you brought some a certain type of character and um, charisma on the court. Like sometimes I know the, the process of like being in shape and doing all those things is tough. But like, do you actually miss like the perks of the game? No, I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> chilling. I'm chilling. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Just getting fly. All right, you just getting fly. My fault. You just getting fly now. No, no, I um I enjoy writing and reading a lot um yeah. these days. So. It's been really peaceful. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously basketball was a very important part of my life. I hope people can understand um, right. how I really attacked the game. 
and how much I really did love the game, you know, because it takes a lot of hard work to get to that level. And yeah, you have to respect basketball. Like if that's something that you want to do as a professional, you have to respect the game so much. And I did every single day that I was able to play basketball. I respected the game, no matter if I was so quote unquote branding myself off the court, I still, I respected the game so much, you know what I mean? And um, I just want people to understand that now that I'm in retirement because there's no way I can get back in any kind of shape to get out there again. So I enjoy just watching um, the young, watching how young the league has gotten, like yeah. on both sides. I, it's it's almost like they're my little children. And <laughs> um, and just, just to see how the game has developed, I'm like, make the pass. You know, like I'm, I'm right. finding myself coaching when I watch the game and um, yeah. yeah, so it's just, I'd rather just let them play basketball and I just continue to create. And be Before we get into it, give, give the, give our viewers like some things you read, like what, what, is, what are some of the things you like to read or like to like, you know, get into on, on that end. Cause read, reading is super important. I think from a therapeutic standpoint and a mental, mental healthness standpoint. So what are, what are some of the things you like to like sit down and read? Uh, it just, it happens in segments. Like I know for, um, like when, you know, I, I measured in history. And so nice. like, I love to study a lot of, um, nope. our people and where we came from. Um, right. and one book in particular that sticks out to me is called the deconstruction of black civilization. Yep. And it, it dates back into, um, Egypt, um, 500, 400 AC, mm. um, no BC. Um, and, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. That's a very um, interesting read. Um, but yeah, I lo- I just love to read historical books. You know, not too much fiction. I don't mind right. it, but I rather mm-hmm. read something that I can learn from my history. You know, like. And in in keeping with the his- historical theme, when you got into the league and you got into pro basketball, who did you look to first? And then when you were on your way out, who did you pass the torch to? Can you share with me? Um, I would say the first person that I ever came in contact with um was Cheryl Swoops because mm. like Ooh. my school was a Nike my, my school was a Nike school and yeah. she would come um to our school and give appearances and then like I would go to the NCAA and I would see her around and stuff like that. So we kind of bonded at a very early age. Um and she was like somebody that really motivated me. Don Staley was also there. Um, you know, she she probably kinda hate my guts a little bit because I didn't go to Temple at the time and I went to Rutgers, <laughs> but somebody that um, was a huge mentor t- towards me um, before she started um, coaching as well. And um, I would say Arike. I think I passed it towards her. Nice. I mean, that's just a kid that studied my game and you can tell. You can mm-hmm, tell yeah. that the mid-range game, I think her three-point shot game is a lot better than mine. At that age, at the age that she's at, um, she's yes. not afraid to take it, um, and she's really deadly behind a three-point line. But her mid-range game, her ability oh. to attack multiple defenders that are thrown at her, and still create around the rim, I think not too many, not too many players can play like that. You know that mm-hmm. that means we're playing with boys every single day. Right, <laughs> that's a fact. So. It, it it's cool to see that you know she studied my game and I had the opportunity before she got into the league to really like work with her um 
you know, with the trainer that I introduced her to here and um, that I was working with. So, yeah, the kid has a lot of confidence and a lot of game. I think she I think she can carry the torch for sure. Sweet. That's sweet. Uh, Cappy, growing up in Chicago, um, who were some of the players that you idolized, both men or women, um, growing up in Chicago? Follow your dream. Who were those? some of those people you idolized? It was only Michael Jordan. You know, he was the king of Chicago, you know? Um, Michael Jordan was the king of Chicago. He helped the kids, especially the youth, um, embark on playing basketball. So you, when I grew up, it was tons of kids on the court wanting to be like Michael yep. Jordan, you know? Right. He yep. was the hero. And, and it took a lot of the kids and myself away from the gun violence. Um, the, the bad neighborhoods that, you know, that we had to grow up in. So like right. Jordan was, and he was a hero to us. Really, he really was. Nice. Um, you also had a great, I mean, I read that, you know, that you, that you had a great relationship with D Brown in high yeah. school. Talk to us about that and, and how that affected you at any point in your career, uh, following your dream. Shout out D Brown, man. He was the first <laughs> guy that had, uh, had balls enough to ask me to be his girlfriend. Wow. Yeah, that was, and D rounds together eighth grade. We got the scoop here. Oh man, you heard it first. Uh yeah, man. D Brown was just he was the most confident player, fat, yeah. fastest confident player that I had ever seen in Chicago. And um I you know, I knew he was destined to be great, you know, because he knew the game so well, he studied the game so well, he didn't do uh, the things that a lot of the kids did. He was always in a gym. You found yeah. D Brown in the gym. And um, he was just, he was a buddy because I love to go to the gym. So he was just somebody that really pushed me at an early, at that age, um, just to continue to be great. You know, he didn't care if I played basketball, if I was better than him. He right. he wanted me to follow my dream just as much as he wanted to follow his dream. And so, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that bond we'll always have for the rest of our lives. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, B. That's what's up. Um. I mean, you had a stellar high school career, which was, which is, you know, we read about and everybody understands it knows, which was amazing. He was, uh, you know, selected in the All American game. Talk, talk to us a little bit about your high school, your high school transition and career, and also just segue into why you chose to play for the legendary Vivian Stringer at Rutgers, which is on the other side, you know, of the, of the world, if they may say, on the East Coast. <laughs> um, just give us a little bit of a, a walkthrough on, on your high school um, success. Well, I can't talk about Coach Stringer if I don't talk about Dorothy Gators. I mean, yes. she's like one there of the go. most legendary coaches high in Chicago, coach, yes. male or female. And, yes. you know, you have to respect you have to respect that. And I think she was so valuable in my life because she taught me how to be a professional before I even understood what being a professional was really about. Mm -hmm. And she approached every practice that way. Um, we had a, we had a practice program that was for us for the whole entire week. Wow. Um, you no, know, she was prepared and she coached every single game. Like it was her last. And I think just because she loved to win so much, I think it rubbed out, rubbed on us as kids. And, right. um, obviously, you know, making that decision to go to Rutgers, um, you know, she didn't pressure me. She didn't say, well, Cap, I think you should go here or there. Um, she had relationships with every college coach in America. You mm. know, she produced probably like 50 All-Americans. And so Jesus. Um, it it's just, you know, 
I just trusted the feeling. I thought Coach Stringer was like an extension of who Dorothy Gators was for me. All right. Um, and, and it was a very hard decision because I had to decide between her and Gino. And uh, <laughs> that, was, that was my next question too. <laughs> it, was, it was tough. It was very tough for me as a kid, you know, because nobody sure. in my family had ever went through the recruiting process. So I didn't understand everything um, that was in front of me. But right, uh, right, just, right. you know, just Coach Stringer vibe. You know, we never really talked about basketball. And for me, that was always important because that's the way my mom raised me as a single parent. Yes. You know, that education is always first. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't really listen in the beginning, but then you realize as you get older how important education is. And so, yeah, Coach Drew was just, I just felt like she was the one for me, you know, and I, I didn't want to go to an established program already. I wanted to kind of make history. Right. And I was able to do that. You know, I'm the only female, black female that has their jersey retired at Rutgers University at the right. Rack. So I think, wow. Wow. Incredible. And I hope that it can inspire a generation of people that come into to that arena to play, you know, because um, here is an Ivy League school that nobody really knew about on the East Coast in New Jersey. And you're hearing this noise in the Big East and it's giving UConn problems. And um, I think that was phenomenal for the game, especially for the women's game. And um, hopefully one day in history, people look at it and say, you know what, Cappy made, did make the right decision. Yeah. Um, because yeah. Oh, it helped the parody in women's basketball. That's awesome. I actually remember the prep show that you were featured on, the prep Chicago. I remember that. <laughs> uh, seeing the documentary. So, like, you're in an era before going viral. So, what can you offer to the young talent? Because everyone knows that I go recruiting at the UAA or EYBL. And it's like, like I've seen Diamond to Shields come through and watch. And they're offering her little sister plays. She's going to Indiana State. But what can you offer the young talent on how to handle being around other stars and about making good decisions going into your college career? I mean, I think networking is important. You know, no matter what age you are, I think the conversation should be had because, you know, basketball doesn't last forever. And the people that you meet um, – playing sports, they'll be around you forever, you know? Right. And you never know what contacts you can use from them later in life. Um, because I, I, you know, I'm a firm believer that we're all six degrees separated from knowing somebody yeah. and you never know who someone knows. And I think it's just important that, you know, that we continue to just have that conversation to the youth that, yeah, okay, if this person is a superstar, and so are you. It's okay to join and maybe collaborate on something and not always be competitive. And I get it, though, because, like, I grew up in an era where I'm I'm watching Michael Jordan and Cheryl Swoops. They don't really have friends like that. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> you know, Kobe Bryant, no, nah, we don't have friends. You know, we, we're competing. Yeah. Right. So that was my mindset for a long period of time. But I think it's important, you know, like, to, to have a balance in the two. Mm -hmm. you know, because because the basketball doesn't last because I know that basketball doesn't last forever. So I tell you what lasts forever: two thousand points <laughs> in Rutgers, back to back championships, four NCAA, four NCAA appearances, Apparently. and one eight trip. If you can name three of your top moments in college, what would it be, Cap? Mm. Wow. Um, I would say taking the 
the team to the Elite Eight that year because I had um, I got kicked out of school for plagiarism. And wow, I, I admit, I admit, I was one of those kids that rushed the paper. You know, like it happens yes, all the time. Yes, yes. And um, I was very fortunate because, like, I had to go before a student, um, not a student, but a council at Rutgers, and wow. really like talk them into not kicking me out of school. So kids, like plagiarism, it's a no-no. It's a big mm -hmm. no-no. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I was out of shape. I had to get a job. I worked at Foot Locker. Um, I stayed in New Jersey, worked out by myself. I couldn't go back to school campus. And when they finally um, let me back into school, um, Ajavon, Mati Ajavon and Essence Carson had carried the load for the team. And, and uh, Michelle Campbell had carried the load for the mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. and really got a flow going that was, oh, it was incredible um, to mm -hmm. be around because, like, these were fearless kids that were leading the nation yes. and keeping us right. And so when I joined, I was out of shape. I couldn't do a suicide. Um, and so I had to really, really work really hard. Coach Stringer had me on a very strict regimen, um, 6 a.m., um, working out, after practice working out, and mm -hmm. just to get back in shape just so I can be ready for the NCAA. And I think I averaged like 25, Oof. five, six, number to take us to to the elite eight, and you know we lost to Tennessee, but you know it was a good fight, right? With a, with I, a very I, young. Team. <laughs> yeah, um, I got one. I got a follow up to that before I pass it to BG. So, can Cap? Can you name um, if there's one game that you can go back and wish you could change in, in a time machine? Which game would that be, Cap? <laughs> no I'm just saying, 25, 5 and 5, 2,000 points. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Which four, four, 97 wins, by the way. Huh? In I said 97 college, college wins. No, in, in college, in college. If there's one Ooh. game you could take back in time machine. <clears throat> yeah, it would have been that particular game. I, I, want, I really wanted to take um, Coach Stringer to the national championship game. The girls were able to do it. Um, the same group of girls were able to do it, and mm -hmm. I really wanted that to happen. So, um, if I can change the Tennessee game and do it with that group right away, I would, I would, I would definitely. But I don't have any regrets because I know that my energy allowed those young ladies to take Coach Stringer to where I've always dreamed to take her. So, for sure, yeah, B, BG, I don't know if you hear me. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. But um, so so cap second second overall pick in the, in the WNBA draft. I mean, take take us through that. Was was that one of your goals to be drafted like one or two, or to be drafted at all? Like give give us. I mean, we we just you know regular hoopers over here. You know that that run a basketball league and you know things <laughs> on this side. But that's that accomplishment must have been monumental to you. And um, to go to a great organization in the Mercury. Give give us your um your, your take on how that process was and uh, what went through your mind and, and your family going through those steps. Uh well you know I was a Prop Forty Eight student so I had to I I had a, to get it like three every year to get my fifth year eligibility back. Right. And I was able to do that and so my original class in two thousand and five I would have been a number one pick. Yes. But I decided to stay at Rutgers. And so the question that year was, who goes, Simone or me? Right. And I, for political reasons, that was her actual class. I knew that they were going to pick her first. So it, did, it didn't matter. I knew I was first regardless. Right. And um, 
I think we made the competition great um, for the league because we were competing. We were breaking records as rookies. Um, yes. No, she was having um, not so much success early in her career. She had to go through a lot of like turbulence. And then I was having success early in my career um, with Tarasi and in Phoenix. And so, yeah, it was it was a great run. You know, um, I think we did a great job of really putting basketball, a great basketball team together early, you know, in our careers. And um, and we enjoy playing with each other a great deal. Um, She was somebody that learned a lot from i taught her i taught her a lot and um we knew we would be able to play one day together you know they they really wanted me to come to uconn and it didn't happen but we eventually <laughs> knew we were destined to you know we were really destined to um play together and oh it was a it was a horrible breakup between us like she yeah. did not want me to go to she did not want me to leave phoenix at all mm. but people have to understand that I believed in branding yourself, you know, at this time, I believe in really doing that. And so I I thought New York after Becky Hammond left was the perfect fit for me to really go out and try Mm -hmm. to accomplish something. I just won two championships. I'm not thinking about the rings because for me, you know, this whole dream of playing a professional, that that was nothing I ever dreamed or thought that would happen. You know, it was never a part of my mental capacity. I I just wanted to play basketball because I love the game. So um, going to New York, you know, it was a, it was a lot of Rutgers behind that, but I think (laughs) I think I was able to prove that I was a great franchise player for that organization because I think it kind of declined after I left. Mm -hmm. No shadiness. Right. No, no, not kind of. They did not kind of. Me and Bill, we didn't, me and Bill at the time didn't we we bumped heads a lot, and I think yeah, later in our life we realized like, you know, like oh we actually do need each other, but we're a lot alike. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's competitive in, in in a whole different way, but we still we still have the same goal, and and we figured that out later. And uh, I think if we were able to get along, um, I think we could have actually brought a championship to New York. I really feel yeah. that. Yeah. You were, it was always on the cusp, always. New York is oh. my favorite organization. Well, New York? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and, and there's no shade against Phoenix because Phoenix will no, always no, no. have a special place in my heart, but New York gave me an energy that I've, man, I can't, I sold out the garden in the yeah. playoff right. game. Can you right. imagine like right. winning right. game right. hearing that? Right, right. That, that's history, and I can never – I'm grateful for that moment. And so, yeah, New York was just – it was the place for me. I was upset when they actually moved and did the renovations and took us to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talk about a little bit, or just even chime in on that. Like, I felt like when you came to New York, like, you were you always, but it seemed like it was a different version of you. Like, you were more – you know, you were able to be more uh, – to your identity, if I might say, um, in New York. It seemed like, you know, you was able to tap into so much more and you just, it, it was such a, a different aura for you. Was that being more so in the city or was that more so mainly having maybe a little bit more freedom knowing that you were the franchise guy there, um, or, you know, or per se? Um, t- talk, to a little, talk to me a little bit about like how you felt because for me, I just see, it would seem like it's a different energy for you. I think my game, 
um, the way I play the game, I think my energy, my aura, I think the way that I love fashion, I think yeah. it just matched with the city, with the city's yeah. energy. And, mm -hmm. and it was a perfect, it was perfect timing because I remember everybody's like, Teresa Weatherspoon, nobody made New York like Teresa Weatherspoon. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I wanted to bring that energy for her every single, every single time that I touched that court because I knew that she laid it on the line for New York every single game that she played. And fact, yep. um, that was important for me. And the city showed me so much love because they could feel my heart out there. Um, and and how much I really wanted to win for the city. So it was it was perfect. I just wish the organization and, you know, the two organizations just had a better business plan for us. And mm -hmm. um, no, I think I think it would have worked out. Take on Joe. It's my turn. I thought it was Sam. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you mentioned, you mentioned the fashion, and I'm actually very interested in that because I feel like you birthed, you birthed the the, the tunnel photos. So, Yay! <laughs> Yay! so before he was on that, Cappy been with the from exclusive Nike designer pieces stuff together. So talk to us about falling in love with that because it's, it's non-basketball, but it's part of the culture. That's a fact. Falling in love with that and then inspiring everyone from there and what that meant, the fashion, what that all meant to me. Thank, thank you for recognizing that. That, that means a lot. Um, a lot of people don't want to like give me that credit right now, but it's all good. Mm -hmm. I'll eventually get it. But um, yeah, like for me, like Growing up in a city like Chicago and seeing an icon like Michael Jordan and then like knowing there was so many influential like fashion people in Chicago, it was like a little niche of it. And it just, it created this culture where like you had to wear Jordans or mm -hmm. Air Force Ones. And then you had like, the, you had every sports, like sports was major in our city. So like anything Chicago. Um, and obviously like you had people like Aaliyah, um, TLC, who were very like inspiring to, to me, um, mm -hmm. growing up during that time. And I, you know, I just, I was really into music. So I watched, watched, you know, a lot of the entertainers and what they wore and just kind of horned it in my own way and how I felt. But yeah, that, that started at a very young age. And, you know, obviously when you grow up a little bit and you get to travel around the world and make a little money, you right. can really, um, you get a lot of exposure to a lot of different things. So I was able to do that playing in Europe, you know, meeting a lot of different designers. And I started an image consultant company um, yeah. as soon as I came to New York. So, you know, it was, it was huge. It was huge for me, you know, like that move to New York was very huge for my career. Well, I'm going to tell you how you impacted my life. Uh, you gave me the reason to watch female basketball, WNBA. Um, I always was, Entrapped in terms of what you brought to the game, what I really, just like Sam said, I really admire how dangerous you are and how your attire is and your fashion and how exuberant you are with your, you know, with your creative expressions. Um, I remember, don't quote me, but I remember one time there was a fashion week and like you was like you was all in it, like you was like, <laughs> like it was like New York was on your body. I was like. <laughs> So, like so dope like she like like just like and i think you embraced that so well for me to right. not only love the game of basketball from a woman woman's perspective but also the way that you transcended fashion in new york for it to be cool to wear either loose tight whatever color scheme yeah. you want so i think i want to give you that you're a trendsetter with that so i'm gonna give you your flowers today on that and let you know you are the trendsetter <laughs> 
and I followed that. But um, but with all the championships, with the success you had, finals MVP, um, truly, if somebody asks you what is your legacy, Cap, what can you say to that in terms of what what would be your answer for that? Uh, it would be a history maker. Um, I think mm. every level that I played at, I made history. And that just speaks testament to my character and my competitiveness. Like, um, I think you shouldn't play basketball if if you don't love it, you know, because I, 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 I'm just huge on not disrespecting the game. Don't play because you think it's a, a means to make easy, accessible money. No, really love the game because, like, if I take the money out of it, I will really do it. And so I want my... I want my legacies always to be that, just that that I love that I love the game and I and I always made history. No doubt. Uh get BG. Dope man. I mean we, we're about to put you in the corner a little bit. We're getting close to putting you in the corner. But um, you know, we, we have the oh, second you you the corner. We have the second corner. Surprise her, let's surprise her first before we okay. get into my form, my form, my form. a few more questions. No, no, because she she gonna give us the answer we want in terms of what questions we have for her. So I need to write <laughs> these notes. Got now. you. I got you, Joe. I'm not rushing this interview with her. So oh, not there. at all. We can be here all day, and I, I want to be here all day. So, Cap, talk a little bit about um, playing abroad. We didn't we didn't really touch into that, and um and how and how that affected you and impacted you. And, and give us, I think for for people sometimes they think like playing overseas like it's so glamorous and. It's this and that. Give us, give us some of the things of being a female hooper playing overseas, and just, just some, some maybe some, um, some gems and some jewels you can give about playing abroad. Um, I mean, I started playing um, abroad when I was like fifteen because mm. of USA Basketball, so I kind of got exposed to it early, right. which made my transition um, going over there like a lot easier. Um, and I was. I was fortunate enough because I came at a time where there was a lot of money in Europe and I played for like all the top teams um, in Russia and Turkey um, and Australia. And yeah, so I was, I was fortunate in that way. Um, But it's tough if you're not one of those fortunate people. Um, And right now from what I've been hearing, there's not a lot of money over there for women anymore. And so (laughs) players are going over there playing, making money for less than what they really would have, um, you know, a couple years back. So right. Right. it's unfortunate because a lot of them, they, there's no fans over there. And, you know, they're really going through it. They're missing home. They're, they're having, like, all these mental breakdowns and stuff. And I feel really bad for them. But, you know, it's the nature of it sometimes. You know, the adversity makes you your true character. And um, right. you know, if, if you build for it, you're going to win, you know. And I got a question too. Was it tough, right, with the money you guys were making overseas, and then the salary that you guys had in WNBA? How 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 did that did that play affect did that play any affect you mentally, um, playing the game, or was it for you just being a competitor and and loving the game? It, it didn't really bother you too much. I mean, because for me, I felt like you like the players that were playing in WNBA were so great, and they they didn't get the fair share. I felt like as 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 what the NBA was getting. Um, just talk, just touch base a little bit about that as well. I mean, yeah, there's gender equality happening um, in the women, and you know, in the game. You know, we we're fighting for it because, like, obviously, with the new CBA, you know, they there a few players were able to make um, some respectable amount of money, but 
Right. Um, for girls that wasn't able to, you know, they had to go overseas and uh, make nothing really again. But, you know, obviously they're not going to turn the job down or the money down because it's, right. it's necessary because there's not enough pay in the WNBA to even survive here in America. So it just doesn't really logically make sense. But, you know, I'm hoping in the near future, you know, as the WNBA gets older, um, that there will be um, a resolution for for this problem that's happening. Um, you know, because the conversations are being had, people understand that the women do deserve more money, you know, yeah. and um, yeah. I'm just I'm just hoping for change, you know, but I also understand the WNBA is only 25 years old too, so. Right. Maybe, right. Mm -hmm. Is, Cap, is front is office or is coaching in your future? Have you considered GM uh, ownership? Uh, or coaching any part of it? No, not not at all. <laughs> no. You're happy with where you are and what you do. Yeah. I mean, but that's just my plan. I don't know what God has to say because sometimes mm. his plan is, well, not sometimes, his plan is always the best. And sometimes he intercedes like in, Amen. in my plan. And I don't want to take that blessing away. I'm just going to say like, I don't know if, you know, if it's in God's plan, but you know, right. for myself, that's not something I want to do. Right. I actually want to get into film, film, film and music. Ooh, I can see lot. that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you. So playing with Tarasi, hmm. I, I don't know if you could say one word what that means to you, but can you share some words about playing with one of the best in the game alongside yourself? I mean, I think a lot of people are going to get mad at this statement, but... I think we're the best duo the, the WNBA has ever seen. I, not my We love Spice. We love it. I mean, it's true. Okay. I think if, I, if we would have stayed together um, throughout our, my whole career, I mean, there's no way that two out of four years that just that just Jeez. makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, I think I think we were the best duo that the WNBA has ever seen. Uh, Follow-up question: How competitive was the WNBA in your era compared to where it's at now? Question, you, in your opinion? Uh, uh, well, you know, it was very competitive because it was so physical. But then, when the younger players started to enter the game and became more mobile and agile, and you know, began stretching the game out, it just became different. You know, it's it's almost like the NBA game. They're they're neck and neck in the way that they play, the NBA mm -hmm. and the WNBA. Um, right. You can see with the screen and rolls. You can see with the the the, the icing on the defensive side of things. Um, you can see with the baseline passes. I mean, it, the game is so similar now. It's being played so similar, but before it was so physical. You know, even Michael Jordan can attest to that. The game was just much more physical. Um, and 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 it's just finesse now. And you and I felt it. You know, I think that's why I lost thirty pounds um, in my last like three years, mm -hmm. um, just to become like, quicker. Um, yeah. to, to yeah. the last okay. BG, <clears throat> um, who who would you say right what was your biggest maybe rivalry in, in, in your playing days in WNBA? And I, and I would say just like you played the guard position, which there was so many so many tough guards. Who who did you who would you consider was one of your best rivals, or who did you more, more so get up for to play against in your playing career in WNBA? Good question, B. I'm not up to play a lot of players. I know. Was, <laughs> you gave a lot of workout, Cap. I was waiting for that. I got a guard, too. 
I gotta guard <laughs> you and you gotta guard me. Oh yeah, we're gonna see who's gonna get the best out of each other. Yeah, you love and guards. I'm, and I'm and I'm looking to get the team win. That's what I'm ultimately looking to get. But I think the toughest person that I had to match up with though physically was Tamika Catchings teams. She mm. guarded me the toughest. Um her and Brienne January. Oh my mm-hmm. god, they used to give me nightmares. Um, but you know, I had to figure out a way offensively to be able to beat them because they were such great defensive players. And then right. they you know, they were great on the offensive end as well. So I would definitely say Tamika Ketchens and Indiana teams. Nice. Nice. Good, Sam. Good, Sam, Sam. So, so you played on both coasts. When it came to coaching, who probably just said, you know what, Cap, I trust you. Go do your thing. Who, who like, who like allowed you to play your game to its fullest extent? Hmm. Rest hmm. in peace to Ann Donovan. Um, she's a legend in the game. Um, she was probably by far that coach that did that for me. And I was, I mean, Paul Westhead too, because that was the system that he ran. Yes. But in terms of um, not having a system and just saying, get out and go, it was Ann Donovan. Um, she just gave me the green light. She trusted me after we won a gold medal together um, yeah. in Beijing. And we just had the best relationship. And, you know, we really had a great year. I remember starting, like, I think we were like one in 11. And then we end up finishing like twenty-one and eleven or some weird, crazy number. And uh, yeah, so I mean, she was she was smart, she was intelligent, she was intense, and she was one of my favorite coaches. And I miss her a ton for sure. So, Cap, um, I had a recent conversation with with my boys, and you know how we do the barbershop talk. I told them that I'm I'm getting my sis on tonight. <laughs> I uh. I compared you to somebody, but it's a male, but in, in the NBA, but I don't, don't want to be disrespectful, whatever. But I, I called you the female Jamal Crawford. Mm. Really? Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me or not? Because I kind of feel that's the kind of game when I watch you play is like, some going to go down, somebody going to get killed, somebody going to be on an island, and you're going to be on a, you're going to be on the back page of the Daily News. So I just felt you had that kind of game. Do you agree with me? <laughs> I, 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 I don't agree with you. I was I would say Iverson more than anything because yeah. like we were both like little for the game. Like people don't know that I'm only five seven. You know what I mean? Like people think wow. that I'm like six foot until they get around <laughs> me. They like you're little. I'm like yeah, okay. yeah, I'm little. You know. <laughs> um. So I would say, but Jamal Crawford is a person that I studied a lot. So wow. um, and I watched his games. I was a big fan of his, and um, yeah. You know, I, I I love I love everything about Jamal Crawford's game. I think he was resilient. You know, he he created something that a lot of people can talk about for a, a long time in basketball, and that's yeah. the person that made the most three point shots ever, being fouled and then winning a six man. So um, before there was Lou Will, um, yeah. So you have to you have to give J- Jamal his flowers. And um, if you compare me to him, I received that wholeheartedly because <laughs> I had to admit I did watch his game a lot. Okay. All right, so then I lost. All right, so then we, I'll go back to the barbershop. Let them know they were right. They said Iverson. They did. I, I, I said just, Dane Lillard too. I, I didn't want. I, 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 see, the thing is, the thing is that I'm like, I'm like Captain. Like, I don't want to give the same answer that everybody gonna give me. I want to be different. Right. Like somebody out the box that is like similar to her attitude, character, swag. Like I just felt Jamal Crawford was the right fit. So. Anyway, I would have said, Mar- said Marbury. The, the, Marbury's a good one too. Drop cross, drop cross to the yeah. Her first step is crazy. <laughs> Marbury's good. You're right. I, I, Marbury's I, like Marbury's I like I like Dame and Captain. Like Dame Lillard. 
I'll put Damon Captain in the backcourt. I, I, I definitely studied Starberry a lot. He was he was somebody mm -hmm. that I wanted. Because the NBA really showed his game. Yeah. Right. He was a very he was a superstar player in the league um before yeah. like all that stuff happened to him. Um mm -hmm. socially. But yeah, he was he was a, a great player for New York, for Phoenix, especially for Phoenix. He fit so well mm -hmm. in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, before I pass it to BG, um, you mentioned your love for, for Liberty in New York and the organization. They have a star now, uh, Sabrina Inescu. Uh, when healthy, how great you think she could be and how much you think she can potentially bring uh, success and championship to New York? Um, I think the team is going to have to do a great job of surrounding her with the players that fit her game to help her yeah. elevate to help her help her elevate the team to the championship level um right. i think that's that's the first part you know i think the organization has to focus in on that part first because if you don't have the players that can play with her to show her ability um then you know it's just going to be like the the new york teams that we have and um yeah. i think you know <clears throat> they need to really just focus on bringing players forward yeah b um, my last question is, um, you know, we talked a little bit about how dope you are fashion-wise. Um, what, what inspired you? Obviously, your love for fashion, but what inspired you to kind of like start your company? And what, what was some of, what was like the mission behind your company? And talk to us a little bit about if you have anything coming up with, with, as, as far as this fashion and the things that you're doing with your company and different things like that. Well, I actually, me and, the part, me and my partner are no longer um, together, so we okay. uh, split up the company. So she, I think it's still there. It's Four Season Style Management. Um, yep. I'm no longer, I'm no longer in business with her. Um, but okay. yeah, it started um, because as an athlete, I felt that there wasn't a, enough pieces for us um, right. to look fashionable and. And, you know, like you will go to the store and then they don't have certain sizes and yeah. certain right. looks and you get frustrated um, because obviously, you know, our bodies are built a little differently than the average male or female. Right. And mm -hmm. um, it was very frustrating. It was it was very frustrating. And so I decided to partner with my partner and create the company um, that will give accessibility to to those athletes um, mm. and um, kind of create the brands that they needed. We were just all in-house um, manage, management, style management company. Right. And, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we did a lot of different things, but we not only work with athletes, but we work with a lot of like entertainers as well. Um, right. It initially grew as that, but then it turned into something else. And uh, yeah, um, it was it was a great experience, um, and now I'm just focused on my writing and really getting my scripts out to the world. Nice, yeah, I like that. My last question for you uh, before we go rapid fire: Where would you say, with between overseas, WNBA, and college, where do you think you, you peaked, or where do you think your best years were? At what stage were your best years where you were like killing everybody, anyone who came before you? Um, I think I was like pretty consistent throughout my whole career in terms of like the numbers. And mm -hmm. um, I was, I would just say New York, I just had the most like energy there. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like in terms of like, um, not to say that I was any less focused on any other team, but just my energy level was, it was different. Now. I don't know if it was because of my age. 
Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the city. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was, a, it was a crazy synergy. And it's one that I'll never forget for sure. When people saw you on the sketch, said New York is next. Like that kind of like, <laughs> they already know what time it is with the scout. We got to chase her around screens. We got to do all of this. <laughs> That's for sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> So, Kev, I got two more, and then we'll go rapid fire. So, um, I just want to get your opinion on this. I'm not, you know, I pre pretty much we all we all know what's going on in the world. Uh, how how do you feel about the WNBA's role in the Black Lives Matter movement when it came to Georgia election and just women empowerment? I mean, how did you feel that was handled? Uh, I know that women voices are now being more prominent; they're getting more roles as women in the, women uh, refereeing in the NBA, vice versa. How do you feel the WBA took a stand, and and did you feel that was the you know the right way to go in terms of where we at now as a nation? Yeah, I mean I don't believe in silence and an athlete. You know I think they're normal people at the end of the day, and that people have to understand that they can't bounce the basketball forever. They have to be with the rest of the world when it's over. You know, so like I think changing that narrative is like the number one thing. And I think the WNBA understands that because it's such a young league that, um, you know, the work that we saw in the Black Lives Movement that happened is not where it initially started. It wasn't the first time that we said things or stepped up and, yep. and spoke about certain things. We just got a bigger platform because at the moment, everything was being, it was visualized at a higher level. And, yeah. um, I think um, I think the ladies did a great job of representing themselves, um, but it's a deeper fight. Yeah. Um, I think I think the WNBA understands that, and hopefully the players will continue to fight for that. Um, I mean, right now where we are in this world is you know it's just a it's a big it's a big overall fight for all of us. Yep. Yep. Um, my follow up. I know you mentioned earlier that you want to get into film and music. Um, what kind of roles are you looking for? Is it producing, acting, or I guess let us know what kind of roles you want to get into in those those genres. Um, what has intrigued me um since like the beginning of like this pandemic and um it's just like writing scripts for featured movies and I've, nice. I've been able to write two so far. Um, and yeah, that's what I've been spending a lot of my time doing, and you know, hopefully. The good God blesses me. Um, I continue to do that for my next phase of my career. I really love it. Um, right. I really love learning about it. And um, I've been on the West Coast, and I couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And right, I've I've just grown to love film. And so, you know, I'm working really hard. Um, I know it, I got a long way to go, but I'm passionate about it, and I know it'll take me a long place. Well. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna and BG's my man, so I don't want him to say this kind of way. So, um, Cappy, uh, we've been in doing street ball for 21 years as Hoops in the Sun. I'm looking to do a documentary, so I'm looking for a producer. I'm looking for somebody. To help me. <laughs> I, I might hit you up, but <laughs> I just I I, I really get get. No, I was saying yeah for sure. I mean, we can definitely like network. That's not that's not hard at all. Man, Cap, we need a we need a we need a documentary, man. I need I need to see the produce Cappy Poindexter documentary starring Cap. Cause we we need that, man. And, and I believe that this was amazing. Like I told Joe, man, to to get you on here. 
And um, because a lot of times people are misunderstood, not misunderstood, but a lot of times people don't know the whole story and they don't shop into someone's true character and just getting a piece of you today, I think to, to really get in and to tap into who you are in a film, I think that would be so dope because we're seeing so many of these great documentaries um, take place. And I think, man, just for what you do for women's basketball and the culture of basketball, period, it's, it's unique. So I, I'm looking to see that on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I promise you guys, you it's coming. I'm um, working really God's hard. Real. Um, yes, yes, inshallah. Um, I'm I'm doing the, the work that I have to do to make sure that that you know the story is being told the way that I would love for it to be portrayed. Um, but obviously, when you sell scripts to Hollywood, sometimes that changes. And of course. Um, yeah, the story is going to get told regardless, so we'll get um, told. I'm happy about that. And um, yeah, like I'm excited for my next journey. Um, mm. And to all, to all my fans, thank you for the love and support that you showed me throughout my career. It means a, a great deal. Um, so follow me on this new journey of writing. I know it's a little boring, but um, you guys my will Lord. appreciate my creative mind for sure. <laughs> And we, we most definitely will. I have to ask this question because me and BJ are in the streetball industry and we love to give back to communities and give back to our black and brown community and give opportunities for athletes to make it out of the, the hood, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, I know your time in New York was, was all about energy. Uh, how do you feel streetball plays a, a pivotal role and not only in athletes, uh, uh, not in athletes' uh, direction, but also what does it mean for a basketball with street balls alive, and did you ever was you ever involved in street ball back in your heyday? Was I involved? Of course. <laughs> she Chicago. Chicago, Joe. Um, I'm just saying. Yeah. People ask me questions, and I gotta, I gotta answer. It's yeah. a, no, it's the same. It's the same. Like you know, Chicago and New York are similar in terms of like the street ball um, mentality. Right. Um, but you know, I think it's the foundation of every basketball player that turned pro. They'll tell you that they, mm. you know, they played basketball in street you know they play it in their backyard you know which is which is considered in my opinion you know it's the turf so it's a lot of good games like in the backyard i played a lot of great hard games in the backyard <laughs> against a lot of guys that made it to the nba so um yeah i think it's just the foundation it's important you know because it gives you that toughness early on and, and it tells you it teaches you about survival who brought you to west Fork? I remember because I interned with Bobito and he had a photo of you playing at West Fourth. Mm. I think you were still at Rutgers. Yeah, Shady Prada brought me there. Oh wow. Yeah, she she um she brought all the Rutgers girls to uh West Fourth. I remember that. Wow, that was tough. Yeah. (laughs) Love playing down there whenever I could. Yeah. So this is this is the segment that I've been waiting for. Okay. So, Cappy, we're going to take you out of this interview session and we're going to put you in a corner. Uh, the corner is a bunch of questions to get to know you. And we're going to shoot you the shit real quick as one answer. <laughs> then we're going to dive into your interest, right? Because it's about your interest, right? So, uh, BG will start the first question, then we'll loop around. We have a, f- a few questions to ask. So go ahead, BG. I-, I got a legendary question right here. Who, who, oh, is that already? Yeah, be on it. I'm, I'm not waiting, Joe. <laughs> I'm not playing around. Go ahead. I need your Mount Rushmore oh, of fashion God. designers. And then I need your Mount Rushmore of flyest athletes. It could be WNBA, NBA, or it could be any it could be any 
sport. I need the Mount Rushmore of fashion designers and the Mount Rushmore of like athletes. Some. And I you like know you in that from in my Mount Rushmore. Y'all really putting me in the corner. I'm gonna say my 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 top favorite designers, um, Alexander Wang. Mm. Um, I would say, dang, I got so Elizabeth and James. Kevin. Um, um, it's it's so many. It's kind of hard to say, but like those are like my top three. Um, your top so three? Far. Okay. Yeah, in terms of like the players, um, it's kind of hard. But you know, Liz Cambage is one of my favorite like oh. WNBA. For sure, she can dress. Yeah, aesthetically, like she gets it. Um, mm. Jordan Clarkson. Um, yes, he's one of my favorites. Uh, Stefan Diggs is one of my favorites. Mm, nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, those three—they're probably like my top three. Nice, like that. Yes, ma'am. Ooh, okay. Favorite on-court sneaker. Favorite mm. off-the-court shoe. Mm. Oh. <laughs> my favorite um, sneaker on the court, honestly, was the Jordan Eleven. The pants. As a Nike athlete, we couldn't wear his shoes on the court, but that was my all-time favorite shoe to hoop in. Um, gotcha. If I could play in that shoe every single night of my whole career, I would. <laughs> um, and off the court, it would it would definitely be the Jordan one. That's my mm -hmm. favorite. Oh yeah. I go. I'm back. Okay. Uh, best hip hop, rap, or R and B album of all time for you? Hip hop, R and B album. Hip hop, R and B, or rap album you all time for you? Whether getting ready for a game or just something you want that that you look forward to hearing to. Wow, that's so hard these days. Um, mm. I'm just gonna say my favorite all time artist is Beyonce, so that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> nice. Um, get BG. I'm back. All right. I got a yep. question. This is gonna be tough because I mean, I can't. I got a one A, one. I got a one A and a one B. <laughs> who was your? Who who would you consider if you didn't have to choose yourself? Let me make it. Let me make it a little easier. If you didn't have to pick yourself, who would be your all-time favorite or all-time Rutgers player? Rutgers University basketball player. Um, dang, it's a toss between Natasha Point and Matisse Ajavon. Mm. Mm. That's that's hard for me, so I'm gonna give it to both of them because they really like the same beast. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I had you, I had, I had you and Piff one A, one B. That, that's 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 my favorite. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, of course you would say that, but Piff Piff is definitely one of, one of <laughs> one of our favorites. For sure, she's definitely yeah. one of our favorites. But those two, because like they, you know, they really impacted me in a whole different way. Um, yes. So definitely, I, I would choose those two. You got some, Sam? Yes, I do. Uh, since you played in both coasts, what's your favorite East Coast city for shopping? What's your favorite West Coast city? Hmm. All right, I'm going to exclude New York because New York really is <laughs> <tech. laughs> like, It's home. It's home base. But I would say D.C. Um, and then on the West Coast, I love shopping in Seattle. 
didn't expect that. I've never been to Seattle. Yeah, that's tough. Seattle is so dope and cool. Wow. Yeah. It's one of that's my favorite city in America. Wow. Wow. That's dope. Yeah. I've been in before. It's dope. It's real nice. You heard it it's here nice. first. Seattle. <laughs> that water, mm, that water. Mm, so nice. <laughs> um, Cap, if you had dinner with three celebrities you never met before, who would it be? That I never met before? That you want to have a dinner with? Like three people. Three celebrities, excuse me. Um, I, I say, think I got her. Oh, ah. <laughs> Denzel Washington. Um, Bad start. Why? I said, I said that's not a bad start. I said, why? Oh, <laughs> no, 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 not a bad start. It would be Drew Barrymore. She seemed cool. Nice. And maybe. Uh, dang, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's between Oprah and Michelle Obama. I'm trying to decide. Oh, you know cool. what? No, I'm gonna go to Night Light then. Ooh, that's my favorite. One of my favorite actresses. Oh my god. Yeah. Um last last one for, for me. Uh beside yourself, uh WNBA Mount Rushmore. Beside yourself. Who would you put? Um Lisa Leslie. Mm. She made it. Tamika Ketchens. Mm -hmm. Tough. Um, ooh, I'm gonna go with Tarasi. Uh, Tina Thompson. Nice. And uh, Tisha Pinachero. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Oh, I thought she was gonna say cool. Was cool. Nice. I'm thinking, no. of, I'm thinking of a five that can beat a five. That could be. <laughs> So we've been having this debate offline for a while, and me and, and Randy go back and forth about between Leslie and Swoop. So, because you know, I always feel like you got to put a true center. So, if you exclude a true center, then you're going with, you know, stretch and you're getting fancy with it. But I, I, I'm like you, I'm like, who's going to win every game? That's right. what we're going to all right. um, my last question, we got to keep it Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the shy. Um, start, bench, kick off. This is, this, you got you, you, you take it, you, you take three people, right? So we got Kanye West, Chance the Rapper, and Common. Mm. Start, bench, cut. Start, so you can start. start one, you can bench the other bench one, one, and you get a cut one. The last one. But in but in, in for basketball? No, this is just period. in the industry period. Industry, industry, industry talk. Like who would you start with? You who you have in your bench and who you cut off that roster with you? All right, and look, I love all three of you guys. So, Common <laughs> um, is gonna start for me. Kanye is coming on the bench, and then I'm gonna have to cut Chance only because he's young. I got you. That's me. That's, that that's a good job, Coach. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> For, hey, me, Cap. 
favorite movie or, sh- or show or or documentary of all time since you're into right. you know yeah. mu- music and film favorite mu- movie show or documentary for you all time uh finding forrester oh that's a good one wow okay that's like that's a throwback app damn it's not a soup question that was the, my favorite line <laughs> that's not a soup question <laughs> oh man so i, I don't know if any yes. i got one joe i want to hear Who's who's your favorite tattoo artist? Because I know you got a lot of ink. Who's your favorite Good tattoo? Question. He's a he's from Istanbul. He lives in Istanbul. His name is Kurdalu Shilik, and um, he owns um, Kurdalu Tattoo Salon um, on Badak Jate. And yeah, I spent a lot of time with him, but he's one of my favorite artists. I don't know if anybody else has questions. I think she's. I think she successfully came out the she corner. She came out the corner, man. She came out. No time out. No time out in the corner. Um, but listen, this is the part of the show I hate because we got to say goodbye. And, um, but I want to tell you, Cap, that I uh, I appreciate you coming on this show. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to get to know you much much better. I know we know each other off the court for a long time, and you know we always got your back and we support you whenever you do. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. And we love you and we appreciate you. And the reason why we do this podcast is one, to give voice to the, voice to the voiceless and get the opportunity to let people know, e- even our younger generation, what you pay for us and what you pay for them uh, moving forward. So we salute you and we always want to make sure that we send our love to you and give you roses while you're alive and well. Yeah, for sure, man. Want, want to give you your flowers too, man. O- always been a fan. Always been a fan. So this this is special yes. for me. And um, I'm God-fearing. Like I told Joe, man, it, it was... It was definitely um, so great to know that you were okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We, we yes. had, you know, we had a scare, and you know, we thought you were missing and all that stuff. And for me, I was praying, praying. Like I told Joe, my salute to my dad, who's a bishop. But um, yep. it, it's so it's so great that to have you here, have you present, have you vibrant, and um, you know, the best is yet to come for you and your career yes. and, and all your endeavors. And um, I just want to say this was a special show for me, uh, being a fan and, and and getting to tap into your to your journey. So yes. salute to you and, and blessings to you. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Cappy, we're one call away. Whenever you need us, all of us, we're one call away. Um, just consider us family, the extended family in New York. We love you and we, and we adore you. And thank you for what you do for New York and what you do yes. for yes. every yes. young female that looks up to you. So. For real. And I'm glad I got a team that if I say your name in the huddle, they know who you are. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm going to close by saying I appreciate everybody watching the show here on the Commissioner Corner Podcast, Episode 9. I was joined by the by the great, the GOAT, Kevin Pondexter, oh. with my colleagues, Samara and BG. You can follow the podcast on the Cruise Control Podcast Network on Apple, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Please follow Cappy online. She got something coming up with movies, documentary, fashion, music at C-A-P-P-A 23. Samara, you can catch her online at, at Coach Sam underscore DSU. And of course, my partner BG at BG underscore Mr. LES Express. On that note, everybody be well, be safe, look out for others, and um, never leave somebody behind. We love you, Cappy. We appreciate you and adore you. Have a wonderful night. God bless, Kat. Thank you, guys. Blessings. Blessings all the time.